Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks, and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here, and welcome to Modern Business. This podcast and this summer tour would not be possible without our sponsors, so please check them out, go to their websites, listen to their value propositions, and consider doing business with them. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, I'm Ryan Higgs. And I'm Zach Fishman. And if there's one thing we've learned through many episodes of Modern Business, there never seems to be enough time to manage all the marketing vendors you work with. As suppliers in the franchise space, Ryan and I know how confusing it can be to navigate choosing the right ones. Sometimes we see brands that have an agency for PPC, another for SEO, and a company that handles social media, and another that handles your website. We often hear from franchise marketers that they spend entire days just communicating with vendors just to get simple tasks done or to gather data from all of these separate sources. Fear not, franchise fam. Zach and I are so excited to introduce this week's sponsor, Scorpion, a marketing company built to handle all the needs of franchise brands. Scorpion is an all-in-one marketing partner capable of handling everything your franchise needs, from your branding and website to your search engine optimization, online reputation, and paid to advertising. But listen, don't take our word for it. Entrepreneur Magazine named Scorpion the number one franchise marketing company. To learn more, visit scorpion.co slash mb. That's scorpion.co slash mb. Hey, welcome back to Modern Business Podcast. This is day number 25. I don't know if you can I think it's. It, I think it's 24. I, I think we've I, lost I, count at this point. Yeah, 24 or 25. And, <laughs> and somehow we managed to, to park the bus here on K Street, 1900 K Street. It's where we're at. We're in Washington, D.C. with Mr. President. Um, that is the president and CEO of IFA, International Franchise Association, Mr. Robert Crisanti. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so we're going to talk about a lot. Um, I'd like to start off with hearing a little bit about your background before IFA and maybe way back to what brought you into franchising in the first place. Well, uh, I uh, worked on Capitol Hill for a number of years, have held uh, senior positions inside of the administration. Uh, I have been a banking finance uh, trained lawyer and uh, uh, lobbyist uh, in the past. Uh, I spent about a decade in the technology space. And when I uh, left my last job, uh, I was looking for um, a new opportunity that was something that was really going to uh, give me some uh, real passion. And uh, uh, the former CEO here at IFA, Steve Caldera, um, uh, brought me in and talked to me about this position. And uh, I initially, uh, when I got the job offer, I initially turned it down. And my wife said to me, didn't you say that, uh, that you wanted to be something in a place where there's real passion and it really is about you know, America and everything good about America and American business. And I said, yes. And she said, well, didn't you say that when you came out of that, uh, out of that interview with Steve Caldera, that, uh, you know, he conveyed all of this passion about this uh, business model uh, to you and how excited you were about it. And I said, yes. And she said, well, why are you dickering around and, uh, you know, not making this decision? You should go do it. And I said, well, I've never done franchising before. <clears throat> Later on, it just became abundantly clear to me uh, that uh, uh, I grew up in Germany until I was 19 years old before I came to the United States. And my 
German grandmother always called this uh, das Land der unbegrenzten Möglichkeiten, the land of unlimited opportunity. And uh, this job, more than anything I've ever seen or done here in the United States, is the personification of that. You don't have to see any more than Aslam Khan or Aziz Hashim or <clears throat> so many other, uh, you know, uh, Guillermo Perales, no matter the color of your skin, no matter uh, your education level, uh, you know, anything from electrical engineering to, uh, to uh, 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 you know, uh, and having no high school diploma at all mm-hmm. uh, is uh, capable of excelling and exceeding in franchising. Yeah, by the way, I did count it as day number 25, but we've we met with a couple of the folks that you just mentioned, uh, Aslam Khan. It, it's fascinating to me to hear these stories um, from where he came from and came over to America, uh, started as a dishwasher. Now he's built this empire, um, and it's really quite incredible, and that's why we love the franchise community. Um, looking at before we started the podcast here, we were chatting about some of the latest numbers and statistics. What is the current, what is the current landscape of franchising look like as it relates to the numbers? Just curious. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> we're growing heavily, and uh, you know it's uh, it's been a very good decade mm-hmm. uh, for us. We um, you know have um, uh, seven hundred uh, by our last count, seven hundred and thirty-three uh, uh, thousand establishments in the United States. We have uh, seven million individuals that are employed directly in the franchising space. Seven million. That's, seven million. That's incredible. <clears throat> and our our portion of gross domestic product is at six hundred and seventy-five billion dollars. Wow. Uh, so we are a big chunk of the United States economy. Um, which is good because we've been growing uh, above any other sector that we measure and uh, uh, at, a, at a higher speed, <clears throat> and we're doing uh, generally very well. This has been a good business uh, time for us. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that you know one of the things naturally that um, I guess because we are sitting here in D.C., there are a lot of things that we'd love to discuss with you about some of the issues that you're finding, but. You know, when you first got to the Hill for the first time representing the IFA, um, what was your, what did you feel was their perception? And, you know, how has that changed over time since you've, you know, been in the CEO chair? I think the first thing you have to understand about the Hill is it's just not a static environment. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a dynamic environment. We have such a huge change. Uh, there are some people who are in districts where they will never get unelected, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they will be there until they decide to uh, to retire. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have other uh, districts that are very marginal on, uh, you know, with uh, equal number of Democrats or Republicans in them that turn over almost every election cycle. It, turn over Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes one Democrat replacing another Democrat, more conservative, run. My replacing. district in Northern <clears throat> Illinois. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. Your your district. Yeah, <clears throat> that's exactly right. And so and uh, so we have a we have uh, two challenges. Uh, the first is uh, we are sometimes entrenched. Uh, we are up against incredibly entrenched and politically and financially very powerful opponents. Uh, by that I mean labor unions. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you, you know, uh, we need uh, engagement and f- and facts, and we need the passion of the of the of the franchisees and franchisors to come here and advocate for themselves in order to, to sort of combat uh, that. Uh, the 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 second thing is we have a lot of people um, spouting common knowledge and common common wisdom uh, on Capitol Hill uh, that is just not factually based. 
it's maybe their impression or their um, experience, uh, and it may be true in one instance and in point in time, but it's definitely not true across the industry. So <clears throat> we really, really, uh, you know, I've, I've said this before, but we really have only one reputation to give, and we have to be factual, we have to be accurate, and we have to be, um, you know, we have to have a high degree of integrity in how we represent this industry. Um, it's what it demands of us. It's what our customers demand of the brands. It's what they demand of the local stores, and it's what we're going to deliver from from our perspective. So uh, it was, uh, it is a lot of work, and it is a it is continuing weeding and seeding of those of those knowledge fields on Capitol Hill to get people educated, keep them educated. As we look at the political landscape, I it's it's a charged it's a charged political landscape. We'll just leave it at that. Um, in in our universe, uh, obviously that affects everybody. But in our universe in franchising, uh, there are always new things brewing. So, what are some of the things that that you're seeing? I know there, we'd also like to talk about some of the past wins, um, but past wins and new things brewing. What are you seeing out there? Well, uh, you know, I, I think we've we've had a number of uh, of things that uh, you know that have come in in re- the recent past. Uh, from you know the federal to the to the state side, IFA is responsible for handling all kinds of uh, uh, of uh, public policy actions, uh, whether they're regulatory in nature or whether they're legislative in nature. Uh, Washington D.C. in in general, uh, on a legislative side, has been reg- relatively quiet. Um, um, getting legislation passed is. Um, other than must-pass legislation, is a relatively rare thing Mm -hmm. at the moment. So uh, as I've often said, momentum is on the side of inertia. Nothing is really moving. Uh, That's a good quote. That's a good quote, and it's very true. And uh, so, but... uh, we, you know, so uh, there, there are very few things that are moving legislatively. So when we need something fixed, a incorrect interpretation by an agency, uh, uh, and we can't get it. Uh, we've also, you know, obviously gone at this uh, on a, from a legal side. We spent four million dollars on lawsuits in the last several years. <clears throat> We're in there fighting on behalf of the franchise business model regularly. Um, the most recent example and painful example was in uh, Alabama, a state uh, that is a <clears throat> very pro-business, uh, Republican, generally uh, leaning state uh, that has uh, uh, that had a bill in the, in the legislation uh, that basically threatened to rewrite uh, uh, franchising contracts, and uh, we were brought in on the bill the day after it was dropped. And uh, when we arrived in Alabama, one of the uh, legislators uh, said to our uh, state lobbyist, well, you've been uh, home cooked. Uh, This is a done deal, and it's going to go through within two weeks. So uh, we threw everything we had uh, against that bill. It was unexpected. It was on a a playing field uh, that we had not had any concerns with before. Uh, And... uh, even though people listened to our explanation of why this was a terrible idea, what they were about to do, there was a very strongly entrenched political interest on the other side, very politically powerful 
uh, interest on the other side. And so a lot of preparation and work had gone into this, and we needed to try to unring that bell in in very short order. State legislators, le- legislatures, and county legislatures, for example, move very quickly mm-hmm. sometimes. You get almost no notice of a bill, and it gets passed and signed, and there you, there you go, you're stuck. <clears throat> and so... Uh, we, we were we were on our heels and quickly fought back uh, on that. We were luckily uh, successful in doing this, but we expect it to come back next year. Got it. One follow up question to that, and I'll just be very transparent. I've, yeah. We we meet with a lot of people. Um, I'm actively involved. I've been to Capitol Hill for I think three years in a row now yeah. to to participate in Franchise Action Network. We'll speak about that because um, that's one way that folks can get involved. Um, what would it have meant? if we weren't successful in Alabama? Because a lot of folks say, oh, there's threats, but we don't really feel those. The bystander effect. You, right, so so a lot of folks are just saying, ah, yeah, the, we, we, we hear some rumblings, but what would that have looked like? Well, it would have been a rewrite uh, in, a, in a Republican-dominated state uh, uh, with the types of rules and regulations that, um, that have been repeatedly um, brought up in Massachusetts, New York, and California. So yeah. you would now have the left and the right uh, meeting for yeah. the first time in this thing and becoming activists. And and so uh, <clears throat> there were some uh, franchisees that had said, you know, well, you know, what's really wrong with some of these pieces of legislation? And I said to them that, um, that there's a profound slippery slope effect in here. I said, if you... Uh, if you invite the government in to rewrite a contract the way you want to, you signed this contract, now you want to rewrite it, you have two more years left on your contract, and uh, you know it would be great if they could fix this one thing for you. <clears throat> uh, but if you invite the government in to fix, they're not just going to, they're not going to stop at Fact. fixing the thing that you see as the right thing to fix. They're going to fix all of the things for you. And so if you want government substituting its judgment for your better business judgment, nobody is forcing you to sign a contract. Nobody's forcing you to offer a contract to someone. <clears throat> There's freedom of contract still at the moment. So uh, if you want to change those rules, uh, we're going to have real real problems and uh, you know you're going to have uh, very highly educated and thoughtful people thinking about this who have no skin in the game who don't have to run a business they don't sign the bottom line on a, on a check uh, you know they just ride the backside right. uh, they s- sign the backside when they cash one <clears throat> uh, for those millennials that are out there that's a de- that's a deposit reference <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we, both, we both looked at them like, what is this new about? Venmo <laughs> <laughs> that's right <clears throat> but uh, so these guys are are um, uh you know th- these guys are willing to step into things often, and uh, and you know some uh, s- some states are more active in this than others. And here was one that you would think would be very conservative about changing laws and rules, and would think it uh, would go at this slowly and methodically and thought in a thoughtful fashion. This issue had never come up in Alabama before, and yeah. boom, there it was, and it was almost ready to pass. And now, a word from our sponsors. Successful franchise systems are based on a consistent approach to business processes and compliance, as well as sound operational and financial controls. BDO is a leader in franchise accounting and advisory services, providing a comprehensive suite of integrated value-added services to franchisor and franchisee clients. The complex and diverse issues you face today warrant franchisors, franchisees, owners, and senior management to work with a firm that combines substantial resources with practical services. To learn more, please visit www.bdo.com. 
That is www.bdo.com. Can you talk a little bit about the PRO Act? Um, before we were chatting a little bit about, um, it was a term you called it default unionization. Um, we were chatting about a few things in there, um, but it was kind of one of the new things that, that might be brewing uh, in the current landscape yeah so you know we've had uh, the house is now a democratic house uh and it's controlled by the democrats and uh, uh a piece of legislation called the pro act <clears throat> was introduced and it is a uh, litany a, a wish list of uh, a bunch of the uh, obama era labor policies that were uh, either struck down or did not pass or uh you know that uh, and and some um some cases, including the dynamics case that we recently saw out of uh, uh, the Ninth Circuit, um, which uh, also rewrites uh, franchising, essentially making um, a uh, franchisee the employee of the franchisor. So imagine that you've given you know several hundred thousand dollars of your money in order to, to you know to get a brand. And the next thing that happens is you're no longer the owner, but you've become a middle manager in a large company. Uh, and now you are answerable to uh, every part of that company. Sure. The, the it's healthcare. <clears throat> right. Exactly right. Uh, so you don't have control over your employees' schedules. You don't have control over, you know, it, it's all taken out of your hand because somebody more thoughtful and smarter than you has thought about this and this is a better way to run your business. Um, you know, you can't stay open 24-7 anymore. You can only stay open, you know, on the following hours. Uh, these kinds of intrusions, as a general matter, uh, you know, are, are really problematic. Um, franchises are able to be unionized today. Mm -hmm. The laws are in place. But the concern is that with things like the PRO Act, we're looking at default unionization. And then you have to, you'd, you'd have to meet a certain set of criteria to not have your business automatically unionized um and that's not the way labor law was intended it's sure. intended rightly to protect people who have uh uh you know challenges and who have uh, are in unsafe work environments that are not paid uh, correctly that are being cheated in some form or fashion uh <clears throat> and that can happen in every franchise along the way in the united states and there are several that have been unionized this would create default unionization by brand. So, uh, you know, you could some be... Some brands don't have the juice to handle that. Right. And so we, when you talked about the bystander effect, you know, of people sitting by and saying to themselves, good heavens, you know, that thing that's happening in Alabama, that's, that's not my concern. I don't have a business in Alabama. Yeah. The answer is when one of these things catches fire, it quickly burns through. And especially if it catches fire on the, on the Washington, D.C. legislative or regulatory agenda or if the federal courts have a certain finding reinterpreting something that's been around for a very long time to say that you're no longer the owner of your store but rather you're an employee of the brand and the brands are in no position to actually manage uh you just got yeah. you just got a thousand extra employees and all of the employees of those employees so and the, you know uh, as, as that's <laughs> you mentioned aslam khan before and yeah. aslam yeah. khan probably has more employees than any of the corporate offices he has any entities in or like that, a don lafrida she has 2200 employees yes yeah. it's wild yeah and so you know you can imagine for those for those folks those are just the big guys yeah just imagine the little guys where where you know that you fought your whole life 
at, at a, I won't say a name of a, I don't want to defame any companies, but you fought your whole life in a Fortune 500 company and you've been downsized and right-sized and outsized and you have real good people management skills and you know how to make a bottom line sing and so forth and so on. You finally take some of your 401k money and you're like, I am sick of working in corporate America. I'm going to own my own shop and I want to uh, affiliate myself with this great national brand. I'm going to uh, invest in a franchise. I want to own my own shop. And now all of a sudden you went from working at a you know at a at a big Fortune uh, 50 or Fortune uh, 500 company, and uh, you're straight back into going to work for someone, and you had to pay a hundred thousand right. dollars for the privilege to do it. <clears throat> so you can't you can no longer hire and fire your employees the way that you think discipline the employees. You uh, you can't approve their leave. You can't approve their schedule for when they're going to stay because there are now all of these rules and strictures that are different than the ones that were locally applied properly to you, but now they're they're national things, and so this thing has an opportunity to catch, you know, spill over, have the spillover effect that people, are, they just think it can't happen to them, but it's on its way. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And one thing I was going to ask you about because I know it is something, and I know that you've uh, brought in a one person in particular who actually. Um, you know, I, in terms of reaching across the aisle, I know that that's something you guys have made a lot of efforts in over the years. I think that, you know, IFA has traditionally been, you know, in my opinion, personally, from what I've seen, being an intern here back in the day, more pro-business rather than not. But I think that you guys certainly um, have made a ton of efforts to reach across the aisle and do a lot of things uh, together. And I know that you've brought in some folks who are really effective in that regard. You know, how are you guys uh, working to, you know, try and figure out a way to work together as hard as that politi- that may be politically right now? Yeah, we have, uh, you know, we have uh, really principally f- Four or five lobbyists uh, that are that are full time engaged, mm-hmm. and two of them are uh, Democrats. And uh, previously, we've had a majority, a vast majority of Republicans mm-hmm. generally. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, I need, you know, we need to understand and meet people where they are. Right. I mm-hmm. wish people were one way, or you know, thought of things, or everybody analyzed things the same way, but they just don't. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there, there are members of Congress. Uh, that represent districts that have worldviews that are uh, that are, you know, that, that are, are priorities that are different than what the way I see might see the world, and so we have to find a way to meet those those people where you are. It's just like your customers, right? Yeah. So if you you could sell the healthiest, uh, you know. Uh, gluten-free, uh, you know, food uh, that that uh, vegan, uh, you know, whatever the you know the highest quality of that type of food that you have. But if that's not what your customers want, and nobody eats that way where you are, you're not going to have a successful business. And we're in the same boat. We have to play in the world of the real, not in the world of how we imagine it. Sure. And uh, so IFA has has really that's been a part of sort of the I think the positive legacy there that I've left is <clears throat> is that we have. We have real bipartisan engagement now, mm-hmm. and uh, we have that in the House and in the Senate, and we're working those angles, um, um, you know, uh, strongly. But uh, we can have, uh, frankly, Zach, you know, and Ryan, we can have all of the wonderful lobbyists in the world. None of them are as effective as a small business owner from a district coming up to Washington D.C. and meeting with either a member of Congress or a senior member of their staff and saying to them this way of looking at this thing you're only seeing this uh this as a problem from one side there's another and an important angle here that you're missing and uh 
you know, uh, brands have a harder time making that point. Uh, but you know, people want you can you, you've been there many. Both of you have yes. been there many times, right? <clears throat> when somebody says, "I'm from your hometown," and I I, I grew up, I employ this many people, <clears throat> yeah, and, and I went to the same high school, and your yep. brother and I were in physics class together. I've right. seen it all happen. <clears throat> There's nothing like that. And, and you know, and, and ironically, those same people don't go and see their congressman back in the home district. They come here all the way to Washington. Well, I'll tell you, very often relationships there get threaded, and they're very important to us that we we have people who are franchisees, leaders in their local community uh, that are now friends with their congressman or friends with the chief of staff in the congressman's office in a relationship we couldn't forge in a thousand years of, of lobbying and, you know, because they have a connection and it's local. And uh, so that's why, you know, it's the same thing as franchising. You need you need that local ownership, that local connection to the community. Uh, and when people feel that, they really feel special. And that's what we're trying to produce. So, how do folks get involved? You mentioned you mentioned um, coming out here to the hill. Um, there's it's a lot to organize. It's a daunting task. You can't really come on your own. I guess you could, but you could. Um, <clears throat> you wouldn't you wouldn't get the, the meetings that we get. Exactly. So we literally do, and you guys have been uh, great uh, at this over the years. Uh, uh, but uh, we, we literally do, you know, a half dozen meetings uh, for people during a day. Uh, it'll be with your senator's offices. It'll be with your local congressman in your state. Uh, we form groups, uh, you know, that uh, sometimes we'll, we'll have uh, one or two uh, states that are in one group. And you literally go from office to office and everybody takes a turn talking about different things. Well, this year we're talking about... Um, uh, a, uh, a trademark licensing and protection bill, uh, or we call it TLPA, uh, that uh, that IFA is advocating for. It will uh, help uh, clarify uh, where labor law starts and where uh, uh, or ends, and where the right to protect your brand uh, ends, so that. Uh, we have both sides of the coin represented, not just all of this yeah. conversation that we've had related to labor, right? Labor has rights and it should have rights and nobody would dispute that. But on the other side, you have uh, these these rights, this intellectual property that someone has fought for, built and maintained and it's been licensed out uh, you know, to someone, has been franchised out to someone to use. And that person has the same interest in many ways as the franchisor in that brand to see it not run down or denigrated because they've invested in that brand and they want mm -hmm. it to be successful. And uh, the folks on the Hill, don't they certainly don't intuitively understand that. And, and so when they see the people and they understand, geez, you know, so you own that Chick-fil-A that you're in. You own that McDonald's that you're in. Yes. Uh, so all those employees work for you. Yes. So you hired my sister-in-law. Yes, I did. You know, when uh, when she was in high school there or when she, you know, whatever. Uh, so those are the those are the things that people want to hear. Uh, they also want to hear about the connection to the community. Franchising is enormously generous. And while, you know, McDonald's may be giving to Ronald McDonald House uh, around the country, they do so much more in the communities and so many great stories around this. We have a project called Franchising Gives Back yep. that's uh, in, there in September. And that's another that's another great point of engagement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would stress, and Zach, we've heard it from multiple people, 
as I just spit. Um, we've heard it from multiple people, uh, brands from the franchisor level will go participate, but it's really important if you're a franchisor to get your franchisees involved because that's where the real local magic happens. Um, I was, I had dinner with Charles Watson the other day in Atlanta and he brings a whole crew. I can't remember the number of franchisees, but it's, it's, it's stuff like that that makes it work. Do you know the dates off the top of your head? Uh, I don't know the the exact dates. We'll uh, link to it. In yeah, the show link notes. to it in the show. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's uh, I think the beginning of the second week of September. I don't know the exact dates, but we can figure those out. Um, it is uh, you know we have a we have a franchising gives back dinner the night before, which uh, uh, you know uh, Rourke Capital has been a, a just a tremendous sponsor of for all these years, and. Uh, uh, you know, we have uh, statistics and data that Fran Data helps us pull together in part mm-hmm. uh, related to, um, uh, you know, the amount of charitable donations. And I guarantee you, we only capture a fractal of this because franchising, uh, if it's nothing else, it's about keeping your head down in your business and making it successful. And getting people to extract themselves from the day-to-day routine is very challenging for us, you know, because people always, there's never... It, it, the work doesn't stop in your franchise, right? You, mm-hmm. you guys know this because yeah. you work with, with so many franchise systems. I know you've you know talked to some of the biggest ones, but you have the same story for the smaller guys. They yeah. they all want to be Guillermo Perales, right? Yeah. They all want to own twenty franchises, a hundred franchises, a thousand franchises, <clears throat> and uh, so you uh, you see these uh, you see these very ambitious and talented people. Um, uh, you know, uh, with their nose down in their business, and they really don't have an appreciation for the challenges that they could be, uh, you know, that they they will be facing that are no, really of no making, oftentimes of their own. Got it. Well, we'll link to that. Uh, how to get involved into the show notes, yep. um, Zach? Any other any other topics as it relates to? Yeah, I, I think that you know there is that text number that I mean when we had Catherine oh. Monson on, I mean oh, that's yes. one thing that we should definitely hit. Uh, Robert, what is that if you know? It's that? yeah, it's a it's a fan at five two eight eight six. So F capital F capital A capital N five two eight eight six. What is it? It, it is an amazing tool that we have. By the way, you just text to that. I don't know <coughs> you just text, text to that. Yes. Sorry, yeah, take your take your phone out and type that type that into. Uh, uh, right now, Robert's watching you. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that advanced with our technology yet, but uh, uh, you type the three letters F A N to five two eight eight six. That's the that's the number. And what happens then? Well, somebody complained to me recently that uh, I, I texted fan to five two eight eight six, and uh, I got an acknowledgement. Uh, you know, they put your you put your zip code in and your name, uh, and uh, you can put in multiple zip codes if you're in multiple businesses and areas. Uh, but he said, I haven't heard anything from you. And I said, count yourself lucky. I said, this is not our marketing list. This is an issue if something catches on fire in your neighborhood. If you are in, uh, you know, if you're in Jamestown, New York, and your local mayor decides that he is going to put a special tax on franchises or that he's going to make you declare all of the schedules for all of your employees four months in advance and guarantee those schedules. Whether your business burned down or not, you have to pay those those folks. Uh, When he decides to make that decision, we text you and you can respond. And, And what's in there is a letter that IFA suggests that says, Dear Mayor Johnson, please don't do this. Here are the reasons why. If you agree with Mayor Johnson, you can change the text of the letter. We're not going to speak for you. Fully 
uh, fully fixable, fully, uh, you know, if you want to write your mayor yeah. about something else, you can do that too. You can erase the whole letter. Sure. But, but the point is that will give you a voice at a minimum electronically. And we've had uh, tens of thousands of interactions through that number where franchisees and franchisors at local locations have been able to help themselves whether that's minimum wage increases in the states or uh, or regulatory changes in state policy that would have affected franchising. And uh, it's highly effective. Yeah, so one more time, text FAN, F-A-N, to 52886. And now, a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Bush Global. Bush Global is more than a franchise development company. They help you reach your organizational goals through intelligent growth, which comes through understanding your franchise, your concept, your values, and your vision. The team then builds a plan that identifies the right franchisee targets and the growth goals that you can successfully support. To learn more about Bush Global, visit bushglobal.com. That's B-U-S-C-H global.com. So, Robert, before we go, um, is there any other, you know, initiatives that you guys have been discussing around the office that you'd like to share with us? Well, you you were raised earlier that we have been uh, far more, um, you know, open uh, to, you know, investing heavily in, in uh, the Democratic uh, uh, side of the uh, uh, policymakers on Capitol mm-hmm. Hill. And one of the things that, uh, that has been a, a, a very productive engagement with us uh, has been uh, the Congressional Black Caucus. And uh, the members of the Congressional Black Caucus are, um, uh, you know, uh, representing uh, their local communities just the way everybody else is. But they have a very different worldview and perspective on franchising. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are ready and open uh, to to talk to us more. And so as a consequence, some of our African-American franchisors and franchisees have been visiting with them. Uh, we have a big investment in a project called Diversity Fran, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, is, uh, you know, is uh, trying to get more um, people of color uh, and more diversity into uh, the franchise business model. But I think you guys have seen our statistics on this. Uh, the uh, number of women franchise owners and the number of uh, African American and minority franchise owners are very much higher in franchising than they are in regular small businesses. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we want to highlight these facts uh, to the Hispanic Caucus, to the Congressional Black Caucus, and so forth. And so uh, in Detroit recently, we held an event uh, around the Democratic debates uh, at a company uh, called uh, Painting with a Twist, which uh, had a franchisee locally in Detroit who hosted us, and she invited, uh, they invited a group of uh, other franchisees that were also people of color uh, into uh, an event that we did there. Uh, there's a beautiful piece of art that came back to the office from us that evening, and uh, mm-hmm. apparently, uh, you know, a good food and a good time was had by all. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we uh, are continuing uh, to listen to the members of the Congressional Black Caucus and of the Hispanic Caucus and trying to open franchising up even more and the opportunities to uh, the hardworking people in those communities. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to seeing how that how that entire program expands and grows, and of course, we look forward to seeing you on the on the uh, franchise circuit, which I'm sure we'll be seeing plenty. <laughs> you'll, we'll be seeing plenty of each other, and we really appreciate your time. Uh, this has been a great honor for us, and uh, getting to hang out in the office, I get to come back to where I used to work for a little bit, which was always nice. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, but I really appreciate it, and uh, Ryan and I are looking forward to seeing you soon.
Thank yeah. you so much. I Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you very much. We're going to go see if our bus is still there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.